another episode of 30 flirty and surviving this is tracy as always new episodes come out every monday at 9 a.m on apple iheart and spotify and you can catch out some catch out catch some i i think my words are, are like failing me today a little bit but you can catch some additional clips of your visual learner on youtube and follow along with everything going on in the show at instagram 30 flirty surviving i have a very special guest with me here today. I am so intrigued to listen to her story and learn more about her specialty. It's something we have not covered on the show before. She is an author. She is a coach. She is a public speaker. And she has a specialty in energy and how it impacts our, our the way we put ourselves out there at work, our relationships, how we sort of receive other people's energy. And I am so into this stuff. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to Rebecca Ahmed. Rebecca is joining us virtually and it is her birthday today. Yes. <laughs> Happy birthday, Miss Rebecca. Thank you so much. Coming to you from Costa Rica. So Pura Vida, everyone. <laughs> Ooh. And she was just telling me she this is your last day and you're joining it with me and it's your birthday. But you have an exciting dinner and some fun activities the rest of the evening, right? Yes, absolutely. I've met some amazing people here. I've been here for a month. And so they are throwing me a little festivity and it's Taco Tuesday here in Tamarindo. So we've got all sorts of plans this evening. That's incredible. Well, thank you for taking the time out of your day to do this. I'm so excited, like I said, to chat with you. Before I go into the real meat and potatoes of everything, I like to start every episode off with just a couple fun introductory questions. So first and foremost, Rebecca, I want to know where were you born and raised? Viva Las Vegas. <laughs> Ooh, really? So you're not a transplant. You were born and raised in Vegas. Born and raised in Vegas. I know one of the few. <laughs> <laughs> what was that like? Because I think that people who are locals have a very different opinion of Vegas than those who typically just travel there. Absolutely. I mean, I didn't think of it as anything different because my dad's a doctor. My mom raised babies. There's nine of us. So Holy we smokes. weren't really exposed to the casino world other than events, dinners, you know, things like that. Um, it's very suburban. It's very family driven. It's very home driven. Um, so I didn't think anything different until I got to college. And then when people would talk about their homecoming being in a barn and I was like, Wait, it wasn't at the penthouse of the Venetian? <laughs> That's when I realized, oh, this is where we're a little different because we have access to these amazing hotels and venues. And so when I shared, oh, we went on a roller coaster before Sadie Hawkins, these types of things that I was, okay, we're a little bit different than most cities. Yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit, but just pretty cool. <laughs> Makes for some really fun stories, I'm sure. Next yes. question is, what is your Zodiac sign if today is your birthday? 
I'm April an Aries 11. through Yep, I'm a fire sign. Uh, favorite color's red. So I just exude Aries energy all over. <laughs> I love it. As a fellow Aries, I am so happy to have you with me here today. I definitely feel the fire energy. Wink, wink, nod, nod. But we'll talk <laughs> about that more so in a little bit. Your relationship status, Rebecca? Oh, I have a partner and he is deployed right now in Japan. He's a Marine and he gets back to me in May. So we haven't seen each other for six months. Um, so I get to take some time off and we just get to reconnect. Um, that's It's really challenging when he's deployed, but um, we're coming up on the final few weeks, which I am so excited about. Wow. So I'll be celebrating my birthday in May with him as well. <laughs> Absolutely. I know. It's just like a birthday month, honestly. I mean, yes. just continue on. <laughs> There's no rules when it comes to your birthday. But first and foremost, please thank him for his service. And Absolutely. I am so excited that you don't have to wait too, too much longer until you get him back. That'll be amazing. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca, are you comfortable sharing your age with us? Oh, absolutely. I'm 39. <laughs> Woo-hoo. 39. I'm feeling fine. I'm curious. Oh, yes. Normally I'm talking to girls who are at the cusp of 30 or newly 30s. And so we talk a lot about going into this third decade of our lives. How do you feel about approaching your 40s? Are you excited about it? Nervous about it? Makes no difference. Makes no difference. I mean, to me, age is just a number. It's how you live your life and the energy you exude and bring. Um, and it's it's funny because I get guesses on my age all the time. <laughs> so, um, and my man is twelve years younger than me. So there's a you go like, girl. Is he in his early 20s? If you're in your early 30s, I was like, no, I'm 39. So he's in his late 20s. He's almost 29. <laughs> wow. It's uh, pretty funny. So yeah, I just, I, I look at age is a mindset. And if you have the energy, my dad's 82 and works still 60 hours a week. So I probably get it from him. Um, he, he's not stopping anytime soon. So that, that, that just kind of gives you a little perspective. <laughs> wow. Good for you, girl. Last question is, since you are currently in Costa Rica celebrating your birthday, I'm curious, do you have a travel destination bucket list place? Is there somewhere on the map that you haven't been to yet that you hope to get to one day? I have so many places. That list is always ever growing. So I'm a digital nomad right now. When um, my man goes on deployment, I put everything in storage and I hit the road. Um, And the only time I'm in a location is if a client flies me there. So I have a speech with HFMA on Friday. So I'll be flying to San Diego out tomorrow. Um, I had a couple different meetings that were in person. So they flew me out for a couple day meetings and I popped right back to Costa Rica. um, And then I head to Anguilla. But I would say my top list right now um, is Bali because I've booked it three times and it's been canceled all three times. And Nicaragua has canceled four times, including a hurricane last time. So the universe just doesn't want me to go there yet. But they're staying on that list up top. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I assumed that a lot of those cancellations were because of the pandemic. But, man, you've got, like, the the mother nature against you now, too. All these other things. Well, I hope you get there one day. And I'm sure that you will very soon. 
I'm sure I will too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Rebecca, you have such an interesting background. You started off in, I mean, it makes sense, Las Vegas, hospitality, and you were on the HR side of things. And it wasn't actually that long ago that you started Energetic Impact. But I want to talk a little bit about the before. So before we go into what you're doing now, tell me about your journey getting to that point and sort of how you decided to ultimately pivot and and start your own business. Of course. So I grew up in Las Vegas and hospitality was something you're just kind of raised around, even though, like I said, my dad's a doctor, my mom um, has a lot of babies, (laughs) raised the family. And so it was more of the exposure to the hotels and casinos and other friends of mine, they have amazing um, executive moms, dads in that space. And so I got my master's after USC in hospitality, hotel administration to be specific. And I've always traveled. I've always loved talking to people. And so it was the people aspect of you need 10,000 employees to run these hotels and casinos. And they're coming from all over the world. And some of them don't speak English. Some of them, it's their first time to your country. And getting to connect with them, being that I've traveled to Pakistan and met my family, being that I've gotten to live in Spain at 15 years old, like just exposure to so many different cultures, I really loved connecting with people. And Cosmopolitan is like where I would say I found my groove. Um, It taught me culture. It taught me passion. It taught me what is your story outside of your resume and how to bring that to life. And from there, I just started exuding this in other hotels, casinos, um, the airline industry, anywhere I could go. Um, And when we sold Pinnacle, so we sold 17 hotels and casinos. It was a $2.8 billion acquisition. It was a huge undertaking. And it was amazing, right? And to be part of that and find people their homes, I took the opportunity to reflect and say, what do I want to do next? I've done so much and I love where I'm at, but how could I push myself to more? And um, professionally, I was exactly where I wanted to be. Personally, I was going through a lot of hardship. Um, We have a lot of addicts in my family, so we were going through a lot of issues with addiction. Um, My partner and I at the time, we'd been married for eight years and we're best friends um, still to this day. But even as best friends, when you're getting a divorce, like we were holding hands and crying, getting a divorce, like we became best friends, but it's still a an emotional journey. And so I really took the time. I I took the severance package. I bought two and a half acres in Costa Rica. (laughs) So that's also why I come down here every year. I have to pay my taxes. Um, And I just, I went to Landmark and I started exploring me, right? Like the, the journey I provided to people to find their passions, to find their career, I I thought, you know what, what do I want to do next? And I think of, you know, Michelle Obama talked about this when she transitioned different careers. I love how Serena Williams has talked about Serena 2.0 and where she's going next. And that's where I was in that space. And um, by going through Landmark and spending a year of exploration on myself, I jumped into IPEC and went to school because the one question I asked every single person, if you could define me in one word, what would it be? It was energy energy, 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 energy. So I said, I need to go understand this. So I went to um, the program and got a year long certificate. And I said, now I can teach, take my services 
to all industries, leading with hospitality, leading with this energy. Um, and Jen Sincero was a big voice in that. Like I met her personally. I followed her books. Um, I, I followed her tour and she was like, go for it. You know, don't be scared. And um, here I am today. <laughs> Good for you for just sort of listening to your calling. And you, we've had other, similar stories on the show before where like started it somewhere and maybe it was because they were naturally good at it, but weren't necessarily jazzed about the industry or the day to day of the job itself. But there was something there that felt right. And then it kind of takes a little bit of time before you figure out what exactly that might be. You were always getting told sort of the same thing over and over and over again and if there wasn't necessarily a clear path for you you made your own you said okay I'm gonna do this all all by myself and really yeah. lean into it that's impressive and that's really hard to do but also I love that it came from education as well you just wanted to learn more you wanted to know more about this space hey if everybody keeps saying this why don't I maybe read up on it a little bit right so exactly. were you kind of mind blown when you started diving into this deeper and learning more about it? Or was it all kind of like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. I already knew this. Or did did it really expand your, you know, knowledge in a way? It expanded my knowledge tenfold. Yeah. Right? I didn't know how to identify my energy. I didn't know the different levels. I didn't know how to shift my own energy or shift the energy around me. So learning these tools and then creating my own set of tools for people by trial and error, you know, working with clients, that's, that's been such a journey. And I, I thank Landmark because it got me in the space to say, you can be comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. I suffered from imposter syndrome in that sense. I was very comfortable excelling in areas that I knew I would excel in. But trying something that I wasn't going to be good at was definitely not an area I wanted to tap into. Or I always had leaders around me. Being an entrepreneur is so different. It's so almost lonely in that sense in the beginning because you're getting so many ideas thrown at you, which is beautiful, but then you have no idea what's your path. So you're going to have to fall. I, I kind of explained it as like I was Bambi, like constantly learning to walk. <laughs> but that's how I grow every single day. And that's how I also had to shift my definition of success. If I fail flat on my face, I succeeded that day. Rather totally. than, oh, Rebecca, you, you built a web page or you built something that's not, it's not your genius. Like farm that out and get uncomfortable and learn something and, and make sure that you're really resonating at an energetic level that exudes energy for not only yourself, but those around you. Yeah. And I think this is all really just like marrying with one another too because the idea of finding sort of your your learning about your own energy and finding your your vibration in a sense is has a lot to do with yet knowing inside of you and your gut instincts and so when it comes to being an entrepreneur and especially working independently and for yourself that gut instinct and trusting that um you know voice inside of you is mm -hmm. 10 times more important right because you have to yeah. be able to depend on yourself and you want to be able to um, understand the way that you're feeling. How, how do I approach the situation if there's tough conversations to have? Things like that, right? So your energy is really going to be a huge priority for you in your decision-making process. And then also just sort of how you um, go about your, your business strategy and your model mm -hmm. as well. 
Yeah. And that's what I teach. Right. So if I didn't, I created a values like values driven assessment so you can make confident decisions because that's what I was able to lead with. When I learned these different tools and then I kind of smorgasbord them together for my own, now I know, okay, it's not just a gut decision, it's a scientific decision, right? It's got its checks and balances, I'm doing its due diligence, I've ensured that I'm in line with my values, I'm energizing the values I want to energize, so I have confidence in my decision. So I I find it very mathematical, like when you think of my, my HBDI, I definitely go to like the numbers and what's the process. I, I, I like big, go big picture and straight to that because I want to know that I'm making a strategic decision. And I think that's so important, especially as you're making decisions for yourself that you don't know, right? Coming from an entrepreneur space, you need to be able to say, I, I will double down on this. And here's why. Here are the, the facts as to why. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm looking down because I want to make sure I get this right. So you are a E-L-I-N-P, which is an Energy Leadership Index Master Practitioner. Correct. What is that for us lay people over here? Can you explain <laughs> that a little bit? Absolutely. So through IPEC, they have a program and you can specifically get your coaching certification mastering energy leadership. So this is their program, their energy leadership. You learn the seven levels of energy. You learn different principles they've put together. Um, It's a year long program and you have to do, I think it's like two or 250 hours specifically towards that. Um, And then from there, I became a, um, a uh, professional certified practitioner through the uh, International Coaching Federation, which is the only coaching federation that actually provides uh, certification through all of the world. Like it's actually world renowned um, that recognizes IPEC. So I had over 500 hours of coaching to be able to get that certification. Um, And now I'm I'm hopefully going to be hitting my ACC soon because I'm about to hit like 1200 hours, which is pretty exciting. So congratulations. That's amazing. And so I love that, you know, you mentioned that this is scientific and obviously you're going through these courses, you're doing these hours. There's certain certifications that are required too. I think that for a lot of people outside looking in energy can be very, um, subjective and um, different across the board, right? It also can feel a little loosey-goosey. Like, is it is is there really um, some hard facts when it comes to this sort of stuff? Or is it just a feeling and, and sort of where's the credibility? So how when people first come to you and they're a little bit confused or just maybe not as educated about this themselves, how do you refute some of that or how do you explain it to them to give it the actual credit and um, accountability that it deserves? Absolutely. So through IPEC, they provide a lot of the research. So I'm able to go through years of research, years of data, um, and they're so forthcoming with that so you can understand the science behind everything. And once you understand the seven, I call them zones because I kind of classify them as zones. They call them levels, but whatever you want to call it, um, that's my my zones or my interpretation of the levels um, to really help people such as yourself process that, right? So going through that, and when I do an energy leadership assessment, I'm able to tell you how are you seeing the world in your day-to-day and how is stress? How is destructive energy impacting you? And when you explore this with people and you debrief with them, they're like, 
are you a psychic? Like, do you know me? And I'm like, this is what exactly what I'm doing, right? This is what I do for a living. And I'm helping you understand this so you can know what's serving you and not serving you. And when you think about, and when I define per energy, I'm defining as personal energy. It's the amount of vigor or capacity you bring to a situation. And the amount of energy you bring to a situation is based on how you see things. So if you're experiencing something in a positive light, you will be using more constructive energies. This is that five, six, seven. But if you are experiencing something more destructive, you're going to be combative. You're going to have this self-doubt. And so everything is very easy to see when you debrief and really lay out these different areas that people... There's no question about it because they're almost, well, they always ask me, like, how do you know this? (laughs) And I said, because of your assessment, you know, that's the tool. And this tool is completely validated by science, by, you know, statistics. Everything is done for that. And that's why I also was so um, drawn to this program because of the validation. So for someone who this is this is new for them, um, when you're talking about these zones or levels and these assessments, I want to make sure I'm understanding it correctly. Something that like we may all have done or maybe understand a little bit more is those personality quizzes that they make you do when you're starting a new job or maybe the career um, tests that we take when you're coming out of high school. Um, things of that nature where even like love languages, right? Like you answer a set of, or a series of questions and then based on your answers and sort of where they fall, you'll end up being in one of X amount of buckets. Is this type, the similar assessment to this or no? The difference is, yes, it definitely is in terms of an assessment, ask questions, and it tells you kind of how you're seeing the world through your everyday and wonder stress. The difference about this assessment is because your energy is constantly shifting based on your experiences, based on your perception. It's not a personality test. It's not, you know, this is you. It's this is an attitudinal test. This is how you are experiencing the world right now, which is why I love it, because you can make shifts. And so when you do this work, you quickly see how you can create shifts in your life to gain more energy. And you can take this assessment two weeks from then and it'll be completely different answers because you're leveraging the tools. Okay. And I love that when I'm coaching clients because they say to me, Rebecca, I I quit the gym because I don't see it on the scale. And I can see immediately these changes. Like every single week, I have so much more energy. I said, yes, it's like jumping on the scale, losing 10 pounds instantly. Like Every tool, it's so gratifying. And you can see it based on taking the assessment again, right? So yeah. you're like, cool. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's amazing. And so just so I'm clear too, the goal is not to achieve a certain zone or level. It's the understanding that there's going to be that variability and there's going to be fluctuation because outside or environmental factors, right? You know, something happens, maybe you experience a loss in your life. You're going to get down. Your energy is going to be low, but then, you know, you get that promotion, your energy is going to be high. So there's, it's not always trying to get to a top level or tier to some extent. It's just figuring out where am I right now? And how can I hopefully attempt to put my best foot forward or feel a little bit better? Is that right? 
Correct. You want to be more in constructive zones, but every single energy level has an advantage and a disadvantage. So you will need to use some of these destructive energy zones. You know, if you're getting attacked, you're not like, oh my gosh, that's so nice. No, like you need to run, you need to fight. Like it's important to know that there's very strong power in these destructive zones. So it's understanding what is serving you and what is not serving you. What is getting you to your goals with ease, with a efficiency, with excitement, with more energy versus depleting you. And so however you need to use different levels and different zones, creating those shifts and honoring when you want to be angry, be angry. When you want to be sad, be sad. When you want to avoid something, you're avoid, I'll own it. My whole entire focus for people is empower choice. You have your choice of how you want to use your energy versus your energy owning you. That's where emotions come in and you say, my emotions got the best of me and I shouldn't have reacted like that. This is where I'm creating shifts to be able to say, here's where you are, cultivate curiosity to ask where you want to go and own that. So you have power of choice and make decisions to consciously take you towards your goals. I love this so much. I feel inspired already because it's true. You know, we hear things all the time, right? Like you can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you react to it. And being able to understand this, I think, is crucial for being able to actually implement something like that. But for the people listening, could you quickly just outline what are those seven zones so we have a broad overview Yep, absolutely. So level one is the lowest level of energy. And I call this your safety zone because you have built in from your brain, your amygdala, it's stemming from the safety sensory to say you're not safe, whether it's something's different, it tells you there's a bias going to come up or don't cross the street right now, a car's coming, but it's also going to try to keep you in your home, in your comfort zone, right? This is where your gremlins or your inner critics, whatever you want to call it, are constantly like, don't do it. You're not, don't, no, no. like, stay here. That And that's okay. And it's, it's important to say thank you for checking out for me, for being this safety zone for me, but I'm ready to step out into that next level. And that next level um, is the combative zone, right? So that's when you're experiencing conflict. It's This is where we see most people operating in their personal and professional lives. And it can be very powerful. It's a very powerful energy. You can push through things. You can go through stress. But I remind people, how long can you run through quicksand? And where do you see that energy starting to expel itself in your body? You see this with depression. You see this with anxiety. You see this with exhaustion. You see this with cancer. You see this with headaches. Like energy has to go somewhere if you're not releasing it. And if you're constantly in this combative zone, that's what it's going to start to do. It's going to get combative within your body. Um, the next level is the compromise zone. So I used to lead with this energy. I mean, I, the best word to explain is how's work? It's fine. How's family? It's fine. How's it? It's fine. (laughs) Guilty as charged. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like you're coasting because you know how destructive, destructive energy can be and how much it can wear on you or make it sad or be like just too much. But, But you turn that off. And I always remind people that pain switch is also connected to that gain switch. 
but you're so fearful of experiencing that pain that you give up on all of that excitement because you're like, at least I know I can get by here. I'm not poking the bear. Like I, I can, I know what I'm getting through. And COVID really brought that out in organizations. Like I was hired as the chief energy officer for Caesars for all of 2021 to shift their energy from surviving to thriving. Cause surviving is that level three, that compromise zone of like, just get by. I just watched Nemo the other night. So I was like, just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. <laughs> Total Costa Rica yeah. move. Yes. We like to um, celebrate surviving over here, but for the for the sake of, of conversation, I understand where you're coming from. Yes. Yes. Like it's a beautiful energy, but it's also an energy where like, where can you thrive more, right? Where can you step out of that and realize where that serves you? Because I told you every single energy le- level will serve you in some way, shape, totally. or form, but also other times it won't. And so when you jump into level four, I call this the um, the service zone because you think about others before yourself and you see coming from hospitality, I see across the board, most people will lead with level four energy because they care so much about their customer, whether it's in human resources, my customer being my employees, the customer, you know, an employee, their customer being at the restaurant or a hotel check-in, they lead with like, how can I service that person? And then you get to the curiosity zone, which is my favorite zone. Um, it's I find it very playful. You get to ask a lot of questions. It's the first area where judgment and assumptions completely, completely are gone. And you look at everything as an opportunity. No matter what the challenge is, it's like there's something you can gain from that. And there's a message in that to help you grow. Um, and then you get to the creative zone, which is that level six energy. And this is where you go and flow. Mahali wrote an entire book on it, right? You know, you time flies by. You're so like collaborative with people. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm, you're just so passionate. It's so exciting. And that's so constructive. That's when you get these hits of that last energy. And I call that the climax zone. Like, yes, you can have an orgasm at work <laughs> just like you can have at home. Because it's those aha moments where you're like, I figured it out. Like that's the iPhone. That's the passage. That's the process. Like it's so exciting and you can't live in that zone because you'd be living in the clouds. (laughs) As you're exploring these higher levels, you get those genius aha hits and those moments and they're so energizing. They're so rewarding. And that's where I'm helping organizations create those shifts looking at where you have these hot spots that are primarily operating in fire and reactive to How do we get proactive? How do I first get them into that just survival mode? And then I start cultivating that curiosity to get them creative, to get them collaborative, to get these genius hits. But it takes time, right? You know, it takes time for them to recognize where they're at and then create the shift to move forward. Absolutely. Thank you. I know that's a lot, but I really appreciate it. That was really good information. (laughs) I think it's really mind-blowing to me, but also so wonderful that uh, and a, a corporation like Caesars would hire like how um, pro, like proactive and forward of them to think of a, a position like this and how important it would be for their team. But you're so right coming on the heels of COVID where people's energy and we're just vibrating a little bit lower. How do you turn things around? Somebody like you is immensely beneficial for business, but also for the individuals. So it's, it's a mutual thing here. Um, but so cool. What was that like for you being there full time? 
So it wasn't full time. I was a contractor and I was traveling around their 55 hotel and casinos. Oh, all over. Wow. Yeah. So I was a speaker. And so they would bring their emerging leaders to a property. So let's say they'd grab like 20 to 30 per property and we'd find one location amongst those. Um, during COVID, during 2021. And I would speak every single month for different locations. And it was so empowering. And you got to see people come alive again. And you see the results. Like, it's not like, oh, that was a feel-good moment. No, you immediately see the results. You see the, 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 the change in turnover immediately, the productivity immediately, customer service scores shifting immediately. It's something that's so tangible that you can show an organization. This is your, this is where your dollars are hitting. And this is how they've been reallocated because you've shifted the energy. And that's what I also love about it because I always believe in your numbers need to be very data driven. And so people can understand what you're, what you're providing and the impact it creates to an organization and the bottom line. Yeah. Money talks. Yeah. I was going to say CEOs must love you. Must love yes. you. <laughs> CFOs love me. It's like, yeah, okay, CFOs, you yes. cost this much for your speech, but then you're promising me this. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> yeah, take it while you can, buddy. No. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so then let's cut back to energetic impact itself. So Joe Schmo meets you on the street, asks what you do for work. How do you explain it? One sentence, two sentences to somebody who is brand new. Yeah. I say I energize people in their workplace. I you know? love and I it. do that by co- consulting, coaching, speaking, and I have a book coming out in spring 2024 and it's all about energy at work. I have been getting your emails for the last couple of months now and I keep seeing the little teasers of the book. I'm so excited. I'm going to ask you about that, but I want to um, continue my thought because I'll lose it. My ADHD will get me if I don't, if I don't ask you right now, <laughs> but um in the ways that you can work with people when they come to you with EI, like, is it just individuals? Could you do something for a company too, like Caesars? How are you, what's your preference and what's maybe more typical? It's a mix. So I love to speak. And what I love about coming into an organization or an association, like I shared, I'm speaking at HFMA this week. So that's the financial industry and healthcare. It's 200 women. It's a women's um, event, which is really exciting. Um, But I love creating an impact that large within an organization or association because it impacts multiple organizations. And then from there, they can bring me in and consult and say, here's where our challenge areas are. Can you help with this? Mm -hmm. And I can share to them, yes, and here's how. And so I'll consult with them. And then from that, we either do individual coaching, group coaching, leadership coaching, executive coaching. It really depends on what they need when I do these assessments and can show them, here is how your organization is operating, or here is how this team that you're having challenges with is operating, and here are who they are connecting with, and this is why this destructive energy is spilling out. And so it's very personalized to the organization, but that's why I like to like, I'm like, bring me in for a speech and we can see who it's resonating with. And then they are very open. It's like this almost psychological safety to say, I feel like we have some destructive energy. Do you mind coming in and checking it out? And I'm like, absolutely. And then we can dive deeper, right? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And then so if an individual is not affiliated with a company, they just want to work with you one-on-one, you would typically start with one of those assessments and then do some one-on-one coaching. And how would that, what would that look like? Is it three months? Is it one year? What's yep. the time frame? I start with three months. Um, most of my clients go to six months. I've only ever kept a client the longest nine months. Coaching is to fulfill goals. 
it's not, I'm not a therapist. I'm not here for you just to talk. Like, no, what do you want to accomplish? How can we get you there? And let's move you there quickly and with ease. And you feel really empowered. These are tools to empower people. Like I, I don't need to be there for them forever is to get them going. And then they can constantly use the tools and check in. If there's a sticky situation, you know, my clients will reach out to me here and there, but they know the tools, right? They're empowered to do this. And so most work with me, like I said, three months, six months is the average. Um, they just reach out to me on my website. As soon as they send in, I like go over kind of the process. Um, they always do my values driven solution assessment first. And then my energy leadership assessment um, that I said, IPEC sponsors second, because what I want them to do is have such clarity on what are their motivators. And then we energize those motivators towards their goals and we create action plans and they are accountable for what they want to accomplish and they put timelines around it. It's, it's a simple formula when you think about it, but just like I'm a coach, I need a coach, right? I have a speaking coach. I had a literary agent coach. You know, when I want to accomplish something, I go to the experts to say, how do I get here with the most efficiency and ease? Yeah. Boom. Well, I like that you recognize that too. And that's probably what makes you such an award-winning speaker, ma'am. Because, I mean, clearly this is a common theme for you. The work is never done. You always keep pushing it. You always keep seeing, how can I go a little bit further? How can I keep challenging myself? And clearly you've been able to reap some benefits from that. And you're seeing a lot of success. So kudos to you for that. I'm curious too, one of the things that I think about a lot when I think about energy, with this being something newer for me, I think of Reiki. So do people ask you a lot about Reiki? And like, is there any sort of overlap between something like that versus something like this? Yes. Um, in the sense, I will refer people to those Reiki practitioners. I'm not a Reiki practitioner. And I will share there's different forms of looking at energy and understanding energy. From what I've experienced, most people who are looking to experience Reiki are suffering from something and they want to release. And they're physically looking for a, someone to push that through. And that's very different than the type of energy I'm working with in personal energy. Mm-hmm. And I, I find I love I've done Reiki many times because I'm like, oh, like I want to experience all different forms of energy. Like I really want to go to John Omerall's workshop. You know, he was on um, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's show yes, and I want to yeah. see what it's like. Yeah, he's you know, he is a um, practitioner with uh, physical therapy and moves your energy in that sense. Like there's a lot of different uses of energy. Um, so I, I know that they're all aligned. I can't tell you exactly how they're all aligned. But I more or less prefer people to those who specialize in that specific area of energy. But even you putting it that way makes sense to me and helps clarify because I think when you compare the two, I mean, Reiki seems like a little bit shorter term, right? Or you have maybe something, some negative energy, quote unquote, inside, and you want to just get rid of it and get that um, quick feeling of release, like you mentioned, and feel better immediately. Where going with you and doing this process, they're going to have those tools forever. And like we said in the very beginning, energy ebbs and flows. You're going to be feeling a little bit different today than you will two weeks from now. So unless you want to go to 
your you know weekly Reiki appointment, right? Like mm-hmm. having something like this, you can learn how to adjust as you go long term. And it's not just about getting rid of because also, like you said, there's good and bad in every single one of those zones or those phases, right? Yep. So it's not, you don't have to always think I got to get this out. It's just how can I quickly adjust or make a change too? Yep. And that Reiki might be your, your type of release. I have to work out every single day. If I don't like I am not I'm cranky, <laughs> like, like just like I need to eat, I need to work out. I need to release that. So that might be your type of like release. I talk about leaning into pleasure and the energy that you get from that every single day. If Reiki brings you pleasure by all means, do it. Like whatever it is that's going to energize you in these shifts, like lean into that. That's probably something that's coming from pleasure. Absolutely. One of the other things that you say, you just jogged my memory too, which I loved was it's not always about bringing your whole self to every situation. It's about trying to bring your best self. And I think that that's a really, really important thing for us to let sink in because it's impossible to try to bring every single tiny facet of your personality or who you are to every situation. It's being able to play on your strengths in, you know, appropriate situations or in the right setting, right? Because if you're trying to do too much all at once, it can be a little overwhelming. You want to know what are, what do I need in this moment right now and what's going to set me up for success? But how do you sort of explain that with your clients when you're talking about bringing your best self versus your whole self? Yeah. So when the workplace, I explained, I have a really bad potty mouth. Like I cuss all the time. I love to cuss. I don't think about it. I'm not going to go to an interview and just start shooting off cuss words, right? When I was working in corporate America. And so I share, I bring my best self to that interview because I'm still showcasing who is Rebecca, but Rebecca doesn't need to cuss every single second because it's not appropriate for the vocation or environment. The same goes with personal. So every Sunday, my dad cooks. And if I'm in Las Vegas or anyone in Las Vegas knows, like Dr. Ahmed's house, you go for a big Pakistani dinner. And sometimes, you know, I'd feel guilty. And I know clients about this. They have these big family dinners. They come from Italian families. They come from Spanish, but like other cultures that have these big Sunday night dinners. And they'll tell me, I just go because if not, my mom will be upset. And then this, and I'm like, how are you showing up? And there's a negative Nancy. What gift are you bringing your mother or anyone else there? Nothing. In fact, you were totally like bringing the energy down of that environment and myself included when I would go. And so I would tell them, if you don't want to go, don't go. If you can't bring your best self and you're going to be adding to the community that's excited to be there on Sunday, the family that wants to see each other, the trying of the food, whatever it is, whether it's religion, whatever the focus is that you bring, don't go. But if you're going to go, go as your best self, be something that's constructive and you're adding to this community or this environment, but don't think that you're a gift by being negative. Like, like if anything, nobody wants you there and you're like, no, I made mom happy. Like, no, mom doesn't want you there either. I can guarantee you this. So like, I just say, own that. Like, I was going to say, as an 
an Italian. Easier said than done telling my mom I'm not going to make Sunday dinner. But I I do totally see what you're saying. And I could not agree with you more. It's like if you've just had a crap day and you're going to be there moping around and not being involved in the conversation, that people feel that immediately. And then that can be a little bit triggering or starts to rub off on people. Then everybody else feels a little bit down too. So it's like you're doing yourself a favor because you wanted to stay home anyway and you're doing them a favor but because they don't have to feel that. They can stay on their high if that's where they were today. Yep. And when you think about your mom, when you say that, like as an Italian-American, yes, your mom will be like, oh, that's upsetting. But then she'll move on. Yeah. They don't move on as quick when they see you upset all night. They fuss over you. They ask what's wrong. You get more upset than a big vote. You involve, like, as the oldest of nine, all of a sudden the brothers are involved. Grandma's involved. <laughs> it's like when really all you needed to go is stay home and have a bubble bath. Yeah. And you weren't going to mess up anyone's cooking, anyone's energy. <laughs> like, like, if you're going to show... Come as your best self. <laughs> that is good advice. So now I want to ask you about the book. I know we are about a year out, but what are you able to or willing to share with us right now about the book to expo- what we can expect? Yeah, so um, I can share that uh, my publisher's McGraw-Hill, and I'm so excited. And um, it's set to release in spring of 2024. I am diligently writing and absolutely loving the entire process. And it's all about energy at work. So I bring forward those seven um, zones of energy. I explain them so people can really get an in-depth understanding. And I provide real-life examples from my time in the workplace and from my professional or from my personal life and coaching with clients um, so that they can see what it means to put these into practice and how people have changed their lives, including myself, and that they have really actionable steps. Like this is very much not a, well, that's nice in theory. Like, no, you have action steps from every single chapter to shift your own energy, to shift the energy around you, to shift your team's energy and your entire workplace. I cannot wait. This is going to be like my new Bible. Is that sacrilegious I'm, I'm, I'm to so say? I'm so excited about I really... it. I keep reading it. I'm like, oh, it's so fun. <laughs> I cannot wait. You will have to keep us posted as soon as we know when it's officially ready for purchase. Congratulations Absolutely. to you again about that. Um, and then I have one other last little piece that I want to talk to you about. Um, when you and I first met over our first Zoom call, um, I started to immediately look into you, reading up a little bit more about this. And you had mentioned that on your website, you do have, um, some free things that people can download or you, you know you send some emails out so of course I signed up for that right away first and foremost if you guys are looking for this stuff it's just energeticimpact.com nothing fancy nothing crazy and you can also follow along with Rebecca at Rebecca Ahmed on Instagram too to learn more but if you go to the website you guys can download you have five tips to immediately boost your energy and this mm-hmm. is just like blanket like really quick should work in any type of situation and one of the the number one tip that you talked about was um your morning routine and setting yourself up for success first thing which is a new thing for me but something I had (laughs) been trying to do lately and I really Mm -hmm. have noticed the difference but I'm curious you being the expert here from your point of view what does your morning routine look like 
Yeah. So I lead with pleasure. And this is, this is like when I wake up because I'm not a morning person. Um, so I enjoy waking up later than most. I like working later than most. I, anything that will bring me a smile. So whether it's whipped cream on my coffee, um, whether it's, uh, I like a lot of times I put on these YouTube videos of travel places. And so I follow all these different travel bloggers. And so the music will get me dancing and I get to see these beautiful locations. And if it's a new spot I haven't been to, I add it to my bucket list. Um, dancing or working out, if that's what I'm feeling. Um, sometimes, like, I mean, in Costa Rica, I go get a massage in the morning. Like, everything to really bring me joy and pleasure and excitement, I lean into. And it sets me up for success. And it could be something, like I said, so small as whipped cream on my coffee. If it's a quick morning and I need to jump into things, and if I have more time, maybe I'll take a bubble bath and I'll read for an hour. Like, whatever. Meditating. I love meditating as well. Anything that's going to really just energize me from the get-go. I like to think of it as when people wake up, like, is your phone at 100% battery? And, like, do you want to even give it a little extra? You know, it's just it, it gets you really in the mindset for the day. Um, because we see when people have a, when they wake up, what do they say on the wrong side of the bed? Yeah. And they're just like, oh, days. like when you wake up always on the right side of the bed, <laughs> it's very energizing and it helps you as external factors come in because you can go to that. You can be like, that's something small compared to today. Like I already had, like, you know, I already went for a beautiful walk and watched maybe the sunrise or went for a beautiful walk and just like got my body moving. What This doesn't need to be complicated stuff, but everything that brings a smile to your face um, and brings you joy and pleasure. Like I lean into that in the morning. Cause it's just not, I don't like to wake up. I enjoy my bedtime. <laughs> I, well, I really appreciate that approach because well, I was sort of trying to figure out this morning routine for myself, when you listen to like the Andrew Huberman's and the Joe Dispenza's and like all these other people, it's like the same routine every day. And that can be overwhelming. Like sometimes, you know, if I, if I take a walk every morning and then it's raining, well, then there goes my whole routine. Right. So I like that yours is so much more simple and it's just leaning into pleasure because then you have the ability to do something different. Your morning routine should be something that you look forward to, not something that stresses you out. So you yeah. allow for that like fluctuation day to day, just finding something small, or it can be like you said, an hour long tub when read a book, it can be different. And that's okay, too. But just I think the important thing is taking that time for yourself and making sure you do that in the morning, so that you can get those endorphins going, and you can get your energy right before the day yeah. really starts and the world starts bugging you. <laughs> yeah. And it's whatever works for every person. Some people might, that routine might really bring them joy and energy for me. Oh, absolutely not. Like, that's just not what's going to excite me. So I, I like room for the diversity of whatever is going to energize you. And like I said, that might be for some person doing the same thing every day. And some, for some people, it might be doing something very different, but own, own what works best for you and realize that's the beauty of diversity, right? We all have something else that's going to like inspire us and we can share that with others and, and pick and choose and mix it up a little bit. And that that's where beauty comes in. 
I love that so much. I am not going to go into the other four because I want them to go download it and find yes. it on their own. So I'm going to leave them with a little cliffhanger. But thank you for sharing that. I There's so many things. I feel like this is such a jam-packed episode because I wanted to try to go over a little bit of everything. We are going to have to have you come back at some point and we'll be able to break this down further. But thank you so much for being here. It's your birthday. You've got a fun dinner with your girlfriends tonight in Costa Rica. I'm not going to keep you much longer. I'm going to ask you one last closing question, which I ask everybody is, do you have one go-to piece of advice? It can be pertaining to energy itself and your profession. It can be generic life advice, um, whatever sort of speaks to your heart. But that one thing that you think is, is most important to share with others. Um, get curious. Because when you get curious, you can learn and grow and explore in ways that you never knew would exist. And that's super energizing. So that's what's coming up for me right now, being in a very a place of curiosity. So I'm going to tell you, you know what, go get curious today and go try something new and fun that you've never done before and see where that takes you. That's perfect. I love that. What a beautiful <laughs> way to end it. Thank you so much for being here. You guys, once again, it's energeticimpact.com. You can go and learn all about Rebecca, learn about some of the things she can offer get sign up to those emails and get some of those tips i'm telling you they are incredible and you'll be the first to know when the book comes out a year from now um and on instagram it's rebecca ahmed it's h-a-h-e-d correct h-m-e-d i skipped a letter (laughs) um and anything else like i know you're have you're speaking any of these engagements like for public consumption anything that we can watch online or anything like that Yeah, everything's on my website. So, I mean, like you shared my Instagram, my LinkedIn, my TikTok. um, It's all on there, Rebecca Ahmed. Um, Some of them are Rebecca E. Ahmed because my middle name's in there. But um, yeah, you can you can find me anywhere. And I'm I'm always here. So reach out. I'm super accessible. And um, it's it's just a wild ride. And I love meeting people. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Enjoy your evening. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you soon. Bye.